0: Economics, everyone. Uh, I hope you are all healthy and well uh, on this Easter long weekend. So today, I'm going to talk a bit about the time of year, this time of year, and what it means for self-employed applicants. Uh, but before I get into that, there's uh, been quite a quite a bit of talk, quite a lot of talk about the real estate bubble, and um, of course, like it seems forever, we're talking about real estate bubbles. And uh, depending on which region you're from in Canada or in the U.S., uh, but where I'm from here in Vancouver, it's a complete gong show. Like it it is, you know, it's like, when's it going to burst? When's the bubble going to burst, right? So um, what's being done to prevent one from bursting is all the talk and the rage. And it seems that uh, everyone has basically surrendered on the theory that rising interest rates will do its part. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's not only a theory. It's like, it's pretty concrete. Like, I mean, if interest rates go up, it does, it cools the market. Um, like I've mentioned before, the Bank of Canada has pretty much made it their staple statement for 2021 that they will not be raising the key overnight rate for at least another two years. So if interest rates won't be part of the solution, then what will? And the short answer to this question is policy. Um, and, and now, you know, the economists, more and more economists are now weighing in on this and, and they're now calling on government policymakers to take action. And um, I've noted a, a few of their recommendations that I'll share with you today. So, you know, it, it wasn't long ago where it was just general announcements from from economists and you know talking about interest rates and, and monetary and fiscal policy. But now, yeah, they're 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 kind of pointing at government policymakers. They're kind of saying, "Okay, guys, it's up to you now. We, we don't. Uh, there's there's no uh, you know natural market condition." that we can rely on (laughs) that will um, calm things down. So here's a few of the the things that they've suggested as far as policy goes. And we'll start off with the main one is um, eliminating the capital gains exemption on your principal residence. And uh, this one will no doubt face strong resistance. But heads up, it's being talked about more and more these days. And uh, if it does come to fruition, I'd expect that it would have some very specific conditions um, like what uh, the Bank of Montreal economist suggested. His name escapes me right now, but I have his quote. A special gains tax on the sale of residential real estate purchased from today forward with the rate falling to zero over five years of holding the asset. So, you know, that that's what he's tabling, something like that. Um, and, and, of course, if you're not familiar with, with capital gains and the way it works, uh, the way it would look, like... Um, is you would, for example, if you purchased a house for five hundred thousand and it uh, increased in value to six hundred, and you sold it for six hundred thousand, that one hundred thousand dollar lift would be considered the uh, capital gain, and that's what you would be taxed on. So the hundred thousand dollar gain, fifty percent of that gain is is a capital is what you get taxed on. I'm not explaining this properly. I'm totally slaughtering this uh, explanation, but. of the capital gain is what you're taxed on. Therefore, the $50,000 is what you're taxed on. And you're taxed, uh, the rate that you're taxed is based on your marginal tax rate. So, worst case scenario, if you're in the highest tax bracket, I'm just going to round everything up. That's, you know, you're being taxed 50%. Yes, 50%. So, 50% of $50,000, that's $25,000 roughly. That's what you're looking at. So this this could be, you know, this is significant for people, um, and, and some people just don't like it. Just like screw you, don't tax me, right? So yeah, that's uh, one of the big ones that's being talked about. Um, another one is a further tightening of the mortgage rules, and I, I really hope they don't do this because at the end of the day, in my opinion, this this mostly hurts the people who really need a break, uh, like first time home home buyers and, and middle income earners. Um, I believe, like the the wealthier people, the um, you know higher income earners, they'll always find a a way to qualify. You know, either they have the capital, the extra capital, or or they're they're good with the stress test and so on. So these new rules really, I, in my opinion, don't stop them. <laughs> and it's like I said, it's the people that really need the break. So I, I hope they don't go there because currently we have a two percent stress test in effect. And at times throughout the last uh, year, it's been more like 3% stress test. So I doubt the stress test part will change. I think it'll stay the way it is. Uh, If anything, I can see them reducing the maximum gross in total debt service ratio. So for example, today, for the most part, lenders allow up to 39% of your gross income to be used to service your mortgage payment. You know, So who knows, maybe they bring it down to 35%. We'll see. Reducing the refinance limit from 80% loan-to-value to to 65% loan-to-value. This would suck, uh, in my opinion. Um, uh, Geez, I don't know when it was. Maybe, who knows, maybe it's been about 10 years now. You used to be able to refinance up to 90% and then they brought it to 80%. I think it would be harsh if they brought it further to 65%, but anyhow, that's uh, being tabled. And then there's always the possibility of the Bank of Canada simply not keeping their word and increasing rates sooner than what they have been announcing. So, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, their, their staple um, statement uh, has been that, hey, we're not going to increase rates up until 2023 at least. You can count on us, right? But what if they change your mind, right? So that's a possibility as well. And here's the one that I would pull the trigger on if I were in charge. Like encouraging the development of single detached housing supply to help meet demand. Like seriously, what, what have we got to lose here? I just find it completely mind-boggling that all the policy – that we've experienced up until now has been unilaterally focused on one part of the supply and demand equation. And and of course, that being the demand side. So it's completely ridiculous. Like here here we are in a pandemic and we're talking bubbles. And even more conclusive than ever, this is real, genuine, end-user, domestic, owner-occupied, principal residence demand demand. Okay, so we've, we've, uh, we've curtailed the, the, the foreign money from coming in. That hasn't worked. We've introduced these taxation policies. That hasn't worked. Like it, if this doesn't explain, then I don't know what will. And I've always thought from the beginning, a lot of this has to do with the, uh, the resistance to development, the, the NIMBY movement, the not-in-my-backyard movement. And the nimby's are the resistance, so it, it is clearly it's a double-edged sword, and this is why only big-time builders can enter the market. The small guy who wants to subdivide his lot and build a duplex, you know That guy, that guy gets hit hard. It's just simply too expensive uh, of a project, or there's too much resistance. It's too much effort to do this. So, just imagine another channel of new inventory that could possibly add to. And just maybe have a slight cooling effect to this uh you know ridiculous tight supply hyper thrusted market that we're that we're in right now in Vancouver, so you know that's my opinion I think that that little middle market area there's a big opportunity there where we can allow current homeowners to rezone their land and uh you know give them the opportunity to improve their positioning. And at the same time uh bring in another another uh, some more inventory into the market. But we'll see how that all pans out, kind of just going on rambling here. So um that's uh that's what I wanted to talk about. There's just you know some uh some policy stuff, heads up. Um, you know, think about these things. They're talking about it right now. So be aware. I, I think where there is smoke, there's fire. Um, I I think definitely there will be some policy that will be coming out and and sit down today and think about how this will affect your decision. Um, And I know I'm not going to add, I'm not going (laughs) to make things any easier or help the situation, but think about whether it makes sense for you to move ahead with something now or wait, um, knowing that these policies are on the table. So just a heads up there. Okay, let's begin and discuss this week's newsletter titled, If You're Self-Employed, Now Could Be a Tricky Time. Hey there, just a quick reminder about my servicing area as I know many of you are listening from across the country. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in the provinces of Alberta and British Columbia. So if you are from these parts, shoot me a text at 604-800-9593 or look me up at homefinancingsolutions.ca. Throughout your dealings with me, you will also be introduced to my support team, Justin and Kelly. With the three of us, you can be rest assured we get every angle covered. And finally, over the years I've built up some incredible working relationships with real estate agents, lawyers, notaries, home inspectors and appraisers. So if need be, I can also be your one stop shop and hook you up with a complete real estate team. The process is quick and swift one application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now back to the episode. If you're self employed and qualifying for a mortgage right now, and right now is April, you are either gleaming with optimism or you're um, white knuckling your way to the finish line. And here's why. Okay, so when qualifying as a self-employed applicant, your qualifying income is determined from your most recent two-year average of your notice of assessments. Notice of assessments are the end confirmation of your tax process. It's like a a receipt or a final bill of sale, right? It's the the closure, the end point. Lenders request it because it is the most firm verification document for self-employed applicants. It also verifies whether the qualifying mortgage applicant has taxes owing, and if so, the lender will require that the balance outstanding is paid in full. On the other hand, with non-self-employed applicants who receive income that is already deducted at source from their employers, notice of assessments are less often required when qualifying for a mortgage. Unless the applicant is relying on some type of additional variable component to their income, like overtime, bonuses, or commissions. But even in these rare instances, for a non-self-employed applicant, the more likely request from a lender would be, let's say, prior year, year year-end pay stubs, or T4s. And remember, this is only... If the non-self-employed applicant even needs the additional variable component income to qualify, so let's say the applicant qualifies comfortably with a with their sixty thousand dollars salaried income without their extra commission, overtime, or bonuses that they may have. In this case, a recent pay stub and employment letter would suffice. Okay, but if you need that overtime income that you earned last year in addition to your sixty grand then, yeah, you're going to need a two-year average and possibly your notice of assessments might come into play. So up until now, April, um, self-employed applicants have been qualifying based on a two-year average based on 2019 and 2018. Okay, Because the 2020 tax returns are still being filed. The deadline is April 30th. So we haven't even uh, come to the deadline. So this is a critical time if you are banking on your 2020 notice of assessments to prop up your two-year average. Or perhaps you are urging your qualification ahead to avoid the real-time two-year average of 2020 and 2019. Either way, the lender will ultimately make the decisive call. Um, As we evolve further into 2021, the lenders will eventually reject the year 2018 and come to only expect 2019 and 2020 as the benchmark years. So heads up on that. It's uh, like I said, it's a it's a critical time for self-employed applicants. Um, Just be aware of that. That's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you are in British Columbia or Alberta, as I am licensed to service these specific provinces, and especially if you are from Vancouver or my hometown, Calgary, as I am very familiar with these markets. Call or text me at 604-800-9593, or you can visit my website at homefinancingsolutions.ca. Thank you again for tuning into Mortgage Genomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk again soon.